0: Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford and we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he's doing in your life. This week we're kicking off our brand new series, In Christ. This series will take us through the book of Ephesians looking at what it means for us to be included in the body of Christ, what Jesus has done for us and how he has enabled us to
1: do all things through him enjoy the podcast. So the reading is Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Thank you, Carolyn. Um, You might want to, if you are getting a bit chilly, there are blankets kicking around if you want to wrap up warm. Or feel free to, at any point, just get up and go and get yourself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. I promise it won't be because you're upset with what I have to say. Or maybe if it is, uh, then I won't know the difference. So, um, we're looking at in Christ through um, the letter... To the Ephesians. Uh, Why are we looking at this? Well, the phrase in Christ comes up loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of times through this letter to the Ephesians. For some of us, we might be uh, thinking about regrouping. We've spent two years or almost two years under some form of COVID regulation or not, uh, but, but kind of regrouping after that and knowing who we are and whose we are in Christ, as we change as a church from being slightly nomadic as Telford Minster to moving into a uh, building that will be warm and uh, cosy. I know some of us will be thinking, yes, Lord, come on, heating. Um, We need to look at who we are in Christ because we're changing from one thing to another. As we look at the culture around us and the environment uh, that we are living in, we need to know who we really are in Christ, the one who gives us life and meaning, a little bit like that restoration project. As we kind of scrape through and find out what's really under the surface, this is it that needs to come up in all of our lives, that we are in Christ. We've uh, just just bought a a house in Birmingham and all through the the bit between uh, Christmas and the new year we've been stripping the house of wallpaper right back to the bare bones I'm pretty sure whoever invented wallpaper oh lord have mercy if any of us have stripped it it's hard going isn't it And I can promise you something, as we work our way through Ephesians, there might be some hard going that needs to happen. I don't think it'll be as bad as stripping wallpaper, but it's going to be hard. We're going to have to engage our brains, we're going to have to engage our hearts and our minds in this. Because we're going to be going right back to the plaster of what defines us as Christians, and that's being in Christ. Paul's letter is the perfect letter to help us to look at this, to look at ourselves and our relationship to Jesus. For John Calvin, the uh, great reformer, the father of the Reformation in Europe and in the UK, this letter, the letter to the Ephesians, was his favourite letter. Someone called William Barclay said that this letter was the queen of the epistles, It's beautiful. Go away and read it. Go away and you might want to, uh, before coming every Sunday, read the whole letter in one sitting. You can do it. It's only a few chapters long. You could do it in uh, half an hour, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how fast you read. But read through it with us because it is beautiful. Uh, And Samuel Taylor Coleridge said that this was the most divine composition of man. He was a poet and a philosopher and a theologian. That this letter to the Ephesians was the divinest composition of man. So who is this letter to? Well, it's to the church in Ephesus. So if you've got your Bibles, do... um, Open it through to Ephesians chapter 1. If you haven't got it on your phone or you haven't brought a hard copy with you, then there should be a Bible at the ends of your pews. Uh, So do grab it because we're going to go into this in quite a bit of detail. So this uh, was to uh, the Ephesian church, to the people of God in Ephesus. Ephesus. Now, Ephesus, if you've ever been, anyone been on a very, very warm uh, holiday to Turkey, I know as we sit in a freezing cold church in uh, Lawley, some of us might be wishing we were in Ephesus in a very warm, uh, sweltering uh, temperature in um in modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor back then. This city was a major trade hub for the whole of the Eastern Mediterranean. People were coming in and out. There was a Roman garrison there, and it was the place of worship. We might think of it like in the UK, like people going on a pilgrimage to Faldi Brennan or people going on a pilgrimage to Canterbury. I know, I said pilgrimage. It's like, oh, all of the evangelicals in the room just started twitching. But it's like we're going on a journey to find out. For people in the Roman Empire, Ephesus was a place to go to because there was a huge temple there to the goddess Diana or Artemis. There was a phrase going around at that time, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. That whole city was birthed there and in that place because of worshipping this goddess it's a wealthy place. There is obviously the temple. There are silver statues and idols all around. These people are not uh, not averse to the, to the supernatural. They worship everything. And that is where the church is planted. That's the environment into which the church is planted. A little bit like us today in Telford. You don't have to go very far in Telford to see that consumerism is a thing that almost every single person in Telford worships. Where we are going to be uh, birthing a new uh, church building is right in the centre of consumer land. You don't have to go very far in Southwater to to discover uh, new shops going up, people spending vast amounts of money uh, in, in trying to accumulate stuff. See, the Ephesian church is not very far from the temple in Ephesus. They are part of the fabric of that city. And we'll hear a little bit later how, uh, how the church changes that city. See, I think we will, we will discover that there is a church in Telford, not because of people sitting in pews uh, or on chairs on a Sunday, but because the social and demographic nature of the city is changed. We will see that there is a church in Telford because the society, the economic things of Telford have changed. Think about that for a moment. Imagine Telford changing because we are here. Because the the Baptist Church in Telford has grown. The URC Church in Telford has grown. uh, The the non-denominational churches in Telford have grown. And all of a sudden, the whole consumerist nature of our town changes. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's what happened in Ephesus. The believers there they there were some believers there we we see that paul went and and visited some of them in uh, in acts chapter 18 just a very quick visit in acts 18 and then in acts 19 he spends 3 years with the people of ephesus and when he arrives he he talks to them, and they've received the baptism of John, but not the baptism of the Spirit. So he prays for them, and the Spirit comes and falls upon them, and they start to speak in tongues, and they start to 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 do all these miraculous things. Uh, yeah, people are healed and set free. You know, even to the point of a piece of cloth was brought and, and Paul prayed for them, uh, for that cloth. And they'd send that cloth around and, and then people were healed through that. A bit weird and we don't have a theology for that. But you know what? God does it. He is outside of our frame of reference. We can, we can think and we can read all the deepest and richest theological textbooks known to man but God will still work outside of that because he is God and we are not. So it's that that we're looking at with this letter. So who are these people? Let's get ourselves introduced to, to Paul. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Wow, that's, that's a loaded sentence. We could spend the whole of this talk Just on that sentence, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Well, this Paul was Saul. He was one that went out and persecuted the church uh, a little bit earlier on before he went on his missionary journeys. He was there holding someone's coat while they were stoning these Christians to death. Literally picking up rocks and throwing them to kill someone that called themselves a follower of Jesus. I's that Paul? Wow. God must have done something amazingly uh, miraculous within him, to go from someone stoning someone because they follow Jesus, to going and, and being sent, telling people the gospel. Imagine that here in, in Telford, that people that, that discover Christ on Alpha or whatever, all of a sudden go from persecuting the church to going, I'm one of you and I want to make more and more and more and more of you. Going from being completely opposed to church to planting more and more of them than anyone in the whole of the New Testament from being opposed to Christ to writing most of the New Testament. Imagine that for us, that we so encounter the love of God that we change from one to the other. This Paul encountered the risen Christ on the road to Damascus. He was knocked off his his horse, went blind for a few days and heard God saying, Why do you persecute me? Why do you persecute my body, the church? And then was sent by Christ to all of the Gentiles. And Gentiles means those who weren't Jewish, like most of us in the room. People who weren't included in the promise are now included. They are in Christ. Those who are excluded are now in Christ. So what does apostle mean? Apostle means sent one. The apostle, the sent ones, like someone in a in a in an army, like a general in an army sending people off to war. That is what Paul is. He is a a general of Christ Jesus, being sent into the battlefield by the will of God. Imagine that, all of us being sent ones into our workplace, into our schools and into our homes and into our families being sent into uh, accountancy and being sent into caring, sent into school. See, God sends us, each and every one of us, to where he wants us to be. Just like Paul being sent to the church in Ephesus, he is sending you to Telford. If God was going to be writing a letter to Telford Minster, he would say... Tam, James, Shonad, Mina, an apostle of Christ sent to the people of Telford. You are sent ones. To God's holy people in Ephesus. The faithful in Christ Jesus. So we've done the introductions to Paul. And now it's to these holy people in Ephesus. God's holy people. They know him. And God knows them. That's the most important thing. God's not distanced. He's known by them. He knows every hair on our heads. He knows that some of us might not have as much hair as we used to. But God's holy people... Now, I can imagine some of them who had read this letter from Paul going, well, hang on, I'm not holy, Paul. I'm just a normal Christian believer. But he goes, no, you're holy. You guys here are holy. We are holy, set apart like a special thing. Now, my nan, when I was growing up, uh, she had a set of crockery and cutlery that were for the special people that came to visit. Anyone else's nan had that? You have that. Oh, you inherited that. Maybe you got some for Christmas. Wow. So, you know, if you go around to Stephen and Harry's house, when they get the special stuff out, you're in. That's it. I've, you've now been outed. But but it's like that. You are the special people set apart for God. To God's set apart people in Ephesus. To you, God's special people in Telfit, Grace and peace to you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine that. You holy, set-apart people, faithful in Christ. You've put your trust in him, and he has put himself by the Spirit in you. You are the dwelling place of God. He is in you just as much as you are in him. And if that doesn't blow our minds, I don't know what will. You are in Christ, and he is in you. So what does being in Christ mean? Well, it means that we are included in the will and the purposes of God. We are included. We're not held at arm's length by God. We are able to come in. You are on the inside circle in the will and purposes of God. You are included because of what Jesus has done. Because of Christ, we get to be brothers and sisters. We get to be the family of God. We get to be sent ones. We get to be God's holy people because we are in Christ. So what has Jesus done that makes us become in people? Well, firstly, his incarnation. We've just celebrated Christmas. And if you were here at midnight, you would have heard Laura talking about chili con carne. He comes in the flesh. There was a little bit more to it than Laura's uh, recipe for uh, chili con carne. Uh, it's on the website if you want to go and have a look. But God came in the flesh. God came in the flesh. He didn't just, just say words from a distance. You sh- must do this. But he said, I will come and be one of you. I will come and take on human flesh, be born from a virgin's womb and come in the flesh. What does he do as well? is he walks on water, he feeds thousands of people, he sets people free, he raises the dead. He does this amazing ministry. He then takes upon the sin of the whole world, so that we can have forgiveness. He took the penalty of our sin. It's like we were, we were in a courtroom. We were found guilty. We were sentenced and Jesus said, I will pay it. I will take the penalty of that. The penalty of death. But it just didn't end there. What else did he do so that we can be in him? He then rose again, destroying the effect of death. There is no more death. Yes, of course we will die, but the effect of death will be no more. We are alive in Christ. And then he appeared to the women and the disciples and 500 people at once there are external biblical authors that will tell us that he rose again how amazing we we sang it just a few minutes ago he rose from the death from the dead and death was destroyed That's what he has done so that we can be included. He then ascended. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. Well, hang on, now we're all left by ourselves. No. He then sends the Spirit, the the third member of the Trinity, to us to be in us to do the things that Jesus did. He fills us with power from on high and we do the things that Jesus did. The ministry of the early church and the ministry that we get to perform here and now too. See, those, those things that the early church did because of the spirit within them didn't stop with the early church. They carry on. We can see people healed and restored and set free. We can see the hungry fed. We can see the broken restored. We can even see the dead coming to life. How amazing would that be? Imagine if we went to a funeral service, and I've done uh, two in the last week. Uh, Could you imagine if, if we prayed, God, come, and would you... Would you bring these people back to life, breathe in them your spirit that they might have breath and all of a sudden you hear a knocking. Let me out, let me out. It would really freak out the people there who didn't believe in Jesus. There would be a story, wouldn't there? But we're supposed to do those things as Christ's people. It's what the Ephesian church saw and did. And then you too are in Christ. You are included. You get to do the stuff that Jesus did. You are included, not excluded. You're included regardless of what you have done in the past. And regardless of what you will do in the future. You are bought at a price and that's the death of God himself. That's why we are included. That's what in Christ means. That's why we're going through the series through Ephesians, because we are included in Christ, and that makes the world of difference. So, what else then? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's what it means. When we know what Jesus has done and we are in him, we're led to praise. We're led to worship like we've just done because we are in Christ. We have been adopted. We have been uh, picked and given a new name And even though we're not there by birth, we are included in the family. And that's the blessing that Paul is talking about in uh, Ephesians 1 verse 3. That blessing in the spiritual realms, realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We're in him. We've got it. You are blessed. We can go around Telford as blessed people, as set-apart ones, as holy, because we are in Christ. We've got forgiveness, we've been adopted, we've received the Spirit, and because of that we're in him. So what are these blessings? Well, firstly, he has chosen us, First 4, in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Brains exploded. How amazing is that? We've been chosen since the foundation of the world to be set apart, special, saints, holy and blameless. In love, He predestined us, you and me. Wow chosen, predestined. These are great and huge words for adoption to heirship. I know some of our Bibles might say sonship, and that would have been fine for those in Ephesus, but for us, we are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. It doesn't just go to the first son who inherits everything, but to each and every one of us, regardless of age or gender or anything, we are heirs of God. You can call Jesus your brother. You get everything that God has. And again, that melts our brains as they run out of our ears. And love, He predestined you. He chose you before the creation of the world, and you get to choose Him. Like that Christmas gift, it's freely given. You know, we give gifts to our children, don't we, over Christmas? We don't expect them to be getting gifts for us, too, although some of us might. This is a gift with no strings attached. It's there freely given that we can be in Him. So He predestined us. In Him we have redemption through His blood. Our debt is paid. His blood pays the price for us. The sentence is wiped clean. And he's lavished that grace on us. He's poured it out abundantly and abundantly and abundantly. You know it's not just like a, a little scraping of butter over toast, but it's dripping with that loveliness, maybe some of you are like oh, I don't like butter, but it's amazing stuff he's lavished it on us it's not skimping all of God's riches are for you for the church not just for us, but for the people that are not yet here and what else does being in him do? It brings everything. Uh, his, his mystery is made known to us according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, the inclusion of you and me and those who don't yet know him. Why? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Wow. Everything in heaven and earth under Christ in unity. How cool is that? See, it's in Christ that we are united. It's in Christ that we call out each other brothers and sisters. It's in Christ that we know and love each other. If it wasn't for Christ, we probably wouldn't know each other. That would be sad. Or maybe some of you are like, if you keep on going, Matt, it's cold in here. we maybe, you know... But all things are brought into unity under Christ. He made it. Everything since the beginning of time. He's the word that God spoke at the beginning of creation. And he will rule over it until the end of time. We are in Christ, brothers and sisters. And Paul would want to say the same thing to us. Here in Telford, in this freezing cold church, here and now. It's not changed. This isn't something that changes uh, through time. No, it's the same. You have a choice. You have a choice to be in him or not. You have a choice to be an heir and a co-heir with Christ or not. You have a choice to go, Yes, Jesus, you say that I'm holy, set apart for your work and your will. You get a choice to say, I'm a sent one to Telford or not. See, when we're in Christ, we have the insurance, assurance of love. We have the assurance that he has chosen us. We have the assurance of freedom. We have the assurance of purpose. And we have the assurance of unity, all because we are in him. Now, I could go on forever talking about this. But we've got a couple of weeks where we're going to be speaking about him choosing us, that we're marked, that we're bought at a price, that he prays for you and for me. And so I'd love you to, to read Ephesians, read it daily and just let the scriptures wash over you. Pray and say, God, what do you want, do you want me to learn as we go through the series about being in him? Because he's got a lot to teach us come and join us we're doing this from now until lent which starts in march we're looking at this we're going to go through it in with fine tooth comb looking at all the being in him and what that does so let's find out do you want to journey with me in that great why don't we stand and let's pray Father, thank you that we are sent ones, that we are sent by your will to be in Telford, whether we like it or not. Thank you that in Christ we have a choice. We have a choice to say yes to you. We have a choice to say yes, you have set us free. You have uh, paid the penalty of our sin. And because of that, Lord, we worship you. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telfordminster.org.uk